Hello and welcome to Stories of Scotland, a podcast which looks at Scottish history and nature through archives, artefacts and adventures. I'm Annie. And I'm Jenny. And this week we are dancing in the sunlight of the summer solstice. Yes, this is one of the most magical times of year here in Scotland. Just ask anyone who watches Outlander. (laughs) Now, I decided to look at a newspaper from exactly 100 years ago to see how the summer solstice was described back then. So Jenny, can you be an excited astronomer writing in the Dundee Evening Telegraph on this wonderful day in 1920, please? Get into that time machine. (laughs) The height of summer. Today, the longest of the year. Earth's interminable journeyings. Sun enters the sign Cancer, summer solstice. This is the way in which the science of astronomy points out to us the longest day. No doubt the information is quite correct, yet there is a word in it which carries a suggestion which is not altogether correct. It is the word solstice, a Latin word translated into English meaning the sun stands. This is quite a mistake. The sun never stands still. It is always in rapid motion, day and night, summer and winter, The sun is always moving swiftly, carrying all the planets along with it to some unknown point. About eight miles in each second of time, the astronomers tell us, the rate at which the sun is moving in its vast circuit. But the Earth is also moving very rapidly. And that is the reason why we are now at the height of summer, and why six months hence, We shall be in the depths of winter, Earth's journey. But you look at the stars tonight. At midnight, you would see at once that these were not the stars which could be seen at midnight just six months ago. Where are these winter stars of six months ago? They pass over us still once in 24 hours. But we have gone a very long journey in the last six months. And now we're on the other side of the sun, from the place that we occupied half a year ago. Ceaseless motion. And when we go into the matter, we find that every star and every planet in the heavens and every body in the universe is in rapid, ceaseless motion. That great and mysterious law of nature, which is the law of gravitation is the cause of perpetual motion throughout the entire universe. So we may well be thankful that everybody in the universe is in a swift and perpetual motion, and there are no irregular motions in the heavens. Well, Jenny, you were a more enthusiastic astronomer than I ever could have imagined. I connect with this guy, I get what he's saying. And I really enjoy the summary of the summer solstice. And I love that it was written exactly a hundred years ago, about this same time, but in a very different time. It's a paradigm of time. And we are moving rapidly through it, Annie. And even in our small country, you can see the strangeness of time reflected in the solstice. 
For today, the 20th of June, the summer solstice happens at varying times. See, the solstice is marked by the sunset on the longest day of the year. Down in the border town of Peebles, the sun sets at exactly 10pm at night. But up in the most northern part of Scotland, on a wee island called Unst in Shetland, after a whopping 19 hours and 15 minutes of sun on the solstice, the sun finally sets at 10.45pm. So there's a whole 45 minutes separating the solstice from Peebles and the solstice in Shetland. And why is that, Jenny? Fairies. Really? Mm, Well, it's mainly the tilt of the Earth and the North Pole of the Earth being at its solar maximum, but fairies. It's always those pesky fairies. How do you think the Earth got tilted in the first place? (laughs) (laughs) So the summer solstice is an important time for communities all over the world. And for most of these societies, it's seen as marking midsummer, or the height of summer, the summeriest part of the summer. (laughs) But in our damp wee corner of northern Europe, it's often seen as the start of summer, as the rains of winter and spring can tend to drag on a wee bit up here. They can, which means all the more reason to celebrate. The solstice marks the turning point of the year when the days begin to shorten and the darkness of winter slowly approaches. But that darkness is a long way off, and the people of the past used this holiday to celebrate the light. And what better way to celebrate this than a massive festival and even more massive fires? Yes, fires are a common theme in festivals which celebrate the sun. The start of the Celtic celebration of summer is Beltane Festival, one of the four major Celtic holidays. Now this was celebrated on the 1st of May and it symbolised light returning to banish the darkness of winter past. And many of the symbols and traditions carried on from Belton into solstice celebrations. Yes, Belton was a major celebration, but we know that the solstice was also considered just as important. There are many stone circles and cairns dotted all over the British Isles that align with the rising sun on the day of the solstice. So this is a time steeped in meaning, as these ancient structures, some up to 5,000 years old, were built to perfectly align with either the rising or setting sun on the summer or winter solstice, depending which cairn you're at. The most famous of these is Stonehenge down in England, but we have many up here too, and there's a lot in Ireland. Yes, and while these celebrations would have taken place thousands of years ago, the tradition of celebrating the solstice endured throughout the early modern period. When Christianity became well established in Scotland, this did not stop ancient traditions of solstice celebrations. Mm-mm. Rather, they just adapted to fit the new beliefs. So these lines of belief were blurred, and in some parts, the solstice became known as St. John's Day to mark the birth of John the Baptist. So we have a blend of pagan and Christian celebrations, which are surprisingly common and just represent a changing of beliefs and a kind of shift in norms, but still paying homage to these ancient practices. And I love this sort of integration and coexistence of different belief systems. 
each compromising a little bit with the other to ensure that everyone is kept happy and old roots can be celebrated with new flowers. St John's Day was usually celebrated on the 24th of June and would start with the lighting of a huge fire as the sun set. The people of the community would walk their livestock sunwise around the fire to bless their health and light torches from the flames and carry these around their crops to ensure a bountiful harvest. Yes, and as the night went on, it would become more and more rowdy with music and dancing. Young couples holding hands would leap through the flames to bless their relationship, and young men would take ever more daring jumps above the rising flames. And it was said that the highest leap signified the height of the crops that year, so good thing Big Jimmy's been practising his box jumps. (laughs) (laughs) Or hay bale jumps. And then down in the borders of Scotland, these celebrations were known as riding festivals. Here, the locals would ride on horseback or walk in groups with torches along the boundaries of their townships. The solstice was seen as a time when the veil that hangs between the natural world and the supernatural world was especially thin. And they did this to keep all the spirits waiting on the other side of the veil out. The liminal space between light and dark, this world and the other. It needed to be reinforced at times such as these. And the safety of the town and its people was at stake. The people of the borders are protecting the borders of their town from the borders of the other world, Annie. Borders. (laughs) (laughs) Spiderline funny, Jenny. So, from down in the border, let's head up to the gorgeous islands of Orkney, where we have a wonderful festival aligned to the summer solstice called Johnsmas. These islands seem to have a really enduring memory of ancient festivals. I can't wait to see what Orkney has to offer. Well, let's dive in with a little history lesson from James Ormand, who published in the brilliant and grand newspaper The Arcadian, in 1911, reminiscing of the folklore of his childhood. Ah, life was not all hard work with our forefathers. Like the people of the ancient times, they have their holidays and feast days. Johnsmas, the 15th of July. Every toon had its bonfire at Johnsmas. In Evie, there was one above Akerness on Cairn Greeney, the bonfire of Redlands at Nigley Brake. Bonfire of Yorth above Hestival. Bonfire of Stenzo. That was Gus Stewart's one. It was good. Bonfire of Outer Evie. That one was alright. Weird people. The youngsters for days before gathered heather and in some cases a lot of fog to make big smoke, eh? That's how it's done. The bonfires were lighted in the darkening after the kai were all taken home. So that means the cows, the cattle were taken home. <coughs> Ahem, <clears throat> and a bone, preferably a beef bone, was thrown into the midst of the fire after it was well lighted. Eh? It was customary to take big heather cows, light them in the fire, and race about with them, waving them in people's faces for fun. So, this <laughs> is just lighting a thick piece of heather that has a strong stem. And waving it about for fun. It's like wee fireworks. <laughs> 
Anyway, back to my story. (laughs) (laughs) When the fires, as in the Eevee, the one with the weirdos, were not far apart, a group would travel with well-lighted heather cowers from one bonfire to meet those of another bonfire. What was perhaps originally some superstitious rite or fun wee ceremony connected with the bonfires and carrying those lighted torches about had survived a custom without any connected meaning. But so far as can be ascertained, it was supposed to drive away the trolls and the fairies. And by meeting halfway between the fires, the whole land was being protected from the invasion of these pesky wee unwelcome visitors. Excellent. So this is some really fascinating folklore. It is. And in a lot of superstition, there seems to be a belief that the solstice, like we said, is this liminal time where the curtain between our world and the world of mythology and chaos can be lifted. So the solstice kind of behaves as a doorway for these tricksy wee fairies and trolls and elves to nuisance you, to sour your milk and steal your bairn and plant mushrooms in the garden. Wait, one of them seems considerably worse than the other two. <laughs> Just slipping that one in there. It's like, oh, your milk's gone. Here, have some shrimps. Give me your wane. <laughs> yes, child stealing was by far the worst thing that the fairies did. And that is why you have to keep them out with your lighted heather torches. Indeed, indeed. But what we're seeing in Orkney is a bonfire that is offering people a sense of protection from unknown evils, not necessarily just fairies. (laughs) And we also see the fishers in Orkney celebrating Johnsmas, so not just the townsfolk. Yes, I find a description of precisely this in examples of printed folklore concerning the Orkney and Shetland Islands, which was published in 1903. Fisherman's Foy June 24th, Johnsmas, is regarded by the fishermen as a holiday. Again, before striking their tents at Lammas and bidding adieu to the busy, bustling, perilous occupations of the summer, the fishermen who have been accustomed to associate together during the season meet and take a parting cup. (laughs) Or a partying cup, depends. (laughs) Depends what time you join. (laughs) When the usual toast on this occasion is Lord, open the mouth of the greyfish and hot the hand about the corn. This meeting is known by the name of the Fisherman's Foy. Thanks, Jenny. (laughs) Okay, so what we have here is a blessing for fishing and crops of the land. Oh, I thought it was about someone reaching into a fish and pulling out a knob of corn. Carry on. (laughs) And it mentions our parting cup, which is a really lovely tradition. Sometimes the parting glass means that it's going to be a shared cup that's passed around and drank from everyone present. In the times of Corona, Annie, that gives me the heebies. Yes, and sometimes it's just used to refer to the final drink that someone has given you before you leave. So you've got your own glass and your own germs and you're not sharing them with anyone. (laughs) But either way, the parting cup is a ceremonial drink to drink to the health and fortunes of those around you. Yes, the parting glass is a celebration of being together and also a celebration that your lives have crossed but may go in different directions. From the case of John's Miss on Orkney and the fishermen giving a toast together, 
there's probably quite a strong emotional undercurrent to the parting glass. Because fishing is such a dangerous industry, this glass together would be particularly meaningful. You'd wish your fellow fishers success out on the sea, safety and joy in their lives. The unsaid words with the parting glass are that you might not meet again. You might never share a dram again. So let's enjoy this one while we can. If you do, then that in itself is something to be happy about. And if you don't, then at least you parted on a blessing. I also found a really charming article by a Shetland correspondent of the London Scotsman in 1867. It shows some similar traditions to those in Orkney, but with their own Shetland flavour. So it's written in an ever so slightly judgmental tone about the people of Shetland in the 1800s. So Jenny, you just choose an accent that fits. Johnsmas in Shetland. Except among the brethren of the mystic tie, and perhaps in a very few rare localities, the observance of any particular customs or ceremonies on the eve of John is, we believe, nowhere to be found in the mainland of Scotland. To most people, the feast of John the Baptist has no existence at all. The remembrance of this and many other days held sacred in the ancient church, having long since passed away. It is different in Shetland, however. The festival of Johnsmas used to be celebrated there with every demonstration of rejoicing, and when people meet one another, the general salutation is good or happy Johnsmas to thee. The time for the commencement, the festivities at night, when feast or banquet is prepared and cake is baked. Fires are also lighted, round which the company dance, and occasionally vary their movements by leaping backwards and forwards through the flame. Other ceremonies are gone through, and all sit up till the morning. It is being reckoned unsafe, or no canny, to bed till then. The men who at this season are all the weak at the sea, used to draw their boat ashore on Johnsmas night, and retiring to the lodges or booths erected for their temporary accommodation on the outlying skerries, gave themselves up drinking and carousing in honour of this occasion. A great quantity of spirits was wont to be consumed at such times, but now the habit does not exist. The habit of sitting up all of St John's Eve is said owing to superstitious notions that the souls of all who sleep on that night leave their bodies and go wandering to the place where they are finally to shuffle off this mortal coil, whether it be at home or abroad, or sea or by land. It was judged best to avoid any chance of misadventure in this way by not going to bed at all. It was also believed, and for aught we know it may still be the case, that if any person were to go to the principal door of the church alone at midnight, on the eve of St John, he would see, entering the porch, exact order of the death, all young and old. Thanks, Jenny. So what this account is telling us is that if you go to the door of the church at midnight on the solstice, you will see anyone who's going to die in the following year, their Mm -hmm. ghosts, 
going through the door. Wow. Which is really quite spooky. One of the spookiest traditions we've come across yeah. at the solstice. The idea that it can be this, this prediction of death. So the solstice is being viewed as a thinning of the veils between worlds. But this time, it's between the world of the living and the world of the dead. Mm. And I don't think this is meant to be taken literally. If we do go to sleep tonight, I'm certain we will have lovely dreams and our souls will be fine and stay inside us and intact <laughs> and our milk will remain unsoured by fairies. What about our babies? Will they be here when we wake up? Yes, our chickens will still be here when we wake up. <laughs> <laughs> However, I think it's a time for reflection and a festival for celebrating the summer with your friends and also a great time of year to be extra productive because you've got so much sunlight. <laughs> yeah, I think the solstice gives us a moment to be mindful in this ever-moving earth, to examine the growth and change that's taken place since the last solstice, both in the outside world around us and the world inside us too. A time to stay up late and enjoy the sunlight while it's here. And when the sun finally sets, we can admire how the stars have changed from this time in the winter and not sleep a wink in case your soul gets stolen. I absolutely love this time of year. We have beautiful sunny weather outside, we have roses blooming in our garden, and young birds learning to take their first flights, which is both adorable and amusing. It is, and it's also a lovely day here, Annie. So let's get outside and enjoy the last of its summer rays, even though we've got another 12 hours of sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Let's finish on a wee poem by our Presbyterian poet, Alexander Hume. It's meant as a hymn, but I think that we can all take it as something pleasant and lovely and a celebration of summer, whatever our beliefs. It was written in 1599, so we're going back to recite these words that are over 400 years old. And this is called the Day of Esteval, which just means the day belonging to the summer. The dew upon the tender crops, like pearls white and round or like the melted silver drops, refreshes all the ground. The silence is the yielding air, the every cry and call, the hills, the dales, the forest fair, again repeats them all. The clogged, busy, humming bees that never thinks to drown, on flowers and flourishes of trees, collects their liquor brown. The sun makes like a speedy post, with ardent course ascends, the beauty of the heavenly host upon our zenith tends. But every base nocturnal beast ne langer may abide. They hide away both maist and least, themselves in house to hide. Ah, oh, lovely poem, Jenny. Thank you for reading that. We've taken a strange journey through time today, ending on words that are centuries old. Well, I'm going to misbehave tonight, and instead of warding off the fairies with fire, I'm going to welcome them in with ice cream and incense. All right, Jenny. Well, we'll maybe see you in the next episode, or maybe we won't, if, like our chickens, you get abducted by the fairies. Ach, going away with the fairies is a risk I am willing to take on the solstice, Annie. 
<laughs> I think you're ready away with the fairies, Jenny. <laughs> so let's go and enjoy the solstice and give a shout out to our new patrons who have signed up to support us on Patreon. Thank you to Elizabeth, Sally, Tara Aguirre, Danielle, Daniel McLaughlin, and Pamela. Thank you so much for your support. And if you too would like to contribute to our Patreon and help us as we make this wonderful, wee, strange little podcast, <laughs> then you can go to patreon.com forward slash stories of Scotland. Or you can give us a like and a share. We are on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And a wee review on Apple is always greatly appreciated. We really do love the reviews so much. We wake each other up in the middle of the night to read a review when it comes from a faraway country. Which means that tonight we won't have to wake each other up if they come through because if we go to sleep, a fairy will steal our chicken. And we do not want any fairies to steal our chickens because then who else would we read the reviews to when they come in? They definitely lay larger eggs when we get reviews. They do. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. And supporting our chickens' eggs. Happy solstice. A uh, parting glass to you all. Slanjiva. Slanjiva. Slanjiva.